pick up your Bible still standing and um, going to get into God's word together this morning. If you're new or visiting with us, big welcome. We're glad to have you in church. And um, this is Sycamore Church. We love God's word. And um, like two or three people actually. We love God's word. <laughs> okay. Um, so I said, pick up your Bibles, open it anywhere you want. I'll get there before the end of the message. Um, I don't exactly have the text, so just open your Bible wherever you want to open it. I'm going to preach God's word. Is that fine? Tough, tough, tough. Okay, let's just pray together this morning. So, you know, last week we prayed for frustration on Man City and you saw it. You saw it. You saw them drop out of the Champions League. That's just the start. Now, this Wednesday, Man City is going to be playing Man U and I need them to lose. And, uh, or draw. Whatever you want to do, you can draw. It's fine. Um, Man U, for once, do something sensible for once. Okay. But, but most importantly, we want to pray for God to speak to us. Okay? So let's pray. Hold up your hands as an act of faith. Father, thank you so much for the privilege we have to come and gather in your name for the great and amazing things you're doing. Thank you for this beautiful season. Lord, thank you for all that we can just lean in on this morning. We are so grateful. We're pumped about the love of our Savior. Thank you, Father. We just come this morning knowing that you want to speak to us out of the expression of all that you have done for us in Christ Jesus. And so we open up our hearts this morning and let your word fill our hearts. Come, Lord, with understanding into our simplicity. Come with light into our darkness this morning, God. Give us a word that is so simple, so simple that we would understand, but so profound that it will change our lives forever we thank you for it father as a church this morning we stand in faith that you're going to frustrate man city and that liverpool would win the league and the champions league in jesus name everybody said amen 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 say hi to two three people around them tell them you're looking better than i saw you last time tell someone you're looking like you resurrected <laughs> you look like you're on the grave on friday and you got up this morning yeah <laughs> Awesome. Please be seated this morning. Awesome. So let's get into God's word. Or should I tell everybody? Okay, no. <laughs> I like to cast. So um, I have a word to share with you this morning. Um, we, we, two weeks ago, we started out the straight out of health thing. Last week, Sunday, we had a beautiful creative service. Um, special thanks to the creative team and all that they um, put up for us last week. So this morning, I want to preach out of God's word. And um, so I call this message, The Fuss About the Cross. The Fuss About the Cross. The Fuss. Why, why the Fuss About the the cross. Force F-U-S-S okay? Not F-O-R-C-E Not police force Force F-U-S-S why, why the force about the cross? You know, you know sometimes people just look at us and say you know, why the force about the cross? Maybe for example you have an unbeliever boss and he's at a loss about the force about the cross and um, you know, pretty much we make a force about in fact, a cross fuss about the cross. And that's us. So, I have a few things to just toss in that regard. So, okay, are you ready now? <laughs> Back to reality mode. So, um, um, you know, 
white fuss <laughs> about the cross. Help me ask somebody this morning and say, why the fuss about the fuss about the cross? Why do we make such a fuss about the cross? It's because Jesus gave his blood. Even me, I've given blood for blood tests before. So, why the fuss? You know? Or, okay, because Jesus died. I came back to life. Lazarus also died. I came back to life. So, why the fuss? You know, about, about the cross. Let me ask somebody else that you kind of feel it would work and say, why the fuss about the cross? Look for a neighbor you'll be comfortable with this morning, okay? This is your chance to pick the right neighbor. So if you look left before, check right. You know, you, you need a proper neighbor this morning, okay? If it's not working either way, you can change your seat and um, make it work. Make it work. Okay, so what I want to do this morning is that I pretty much want to share 10 things with you. 10 things with you. Each of my points is going to take approximately 15 minutes. So in 150 minutes, I should be done with this short message, this short exhortation. Amen. Glory to God. A few people, some people are already looking sad and agitated, okay? So um, I have 10 things to share with you this morning that I believe would be a blessing. 10 things to just throw around. But what I want us to do, let's strike a deal um, because we're excited about the cross, aren't we? So what I'll do is that on each of the points I make, I want you to get excited about it, okay? And, you know, pump up some fuss about each of the points I make. Is that good? Is that, is that doable? So you need your hands this morning, your shower, whatever you do to just look excited. Like Liverpool won the league, come on! You know, kind of an excitement. But, I mean, the cross, okay? So, um, in case you're new to church and, you know, all of this that we do kind of just makes you feel why, you know, let's remind ourselves for a start that, you know, this is the basis of everything we believe. We believe the gospel. Um, we have said that the gospel is, you know, the story of the virgin birth. It is the story of the sinless life. It is the story of the substitutionary death. It is the story of the triumphant resurrection and it is the story of the imminent return of our Savior Jesus. And that's what we believe. That's what gives us a basis for all of this. So if you come around church and you say, hey, you know, the people are nice. That's a cool thing, but that's not the basis. Or you come around church and say, um, the welcome is good or the singing is good. That's cool. But I promise you, there's also cool singing sometimes in clubs. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, you don't go there, but you get what I'm saying, right? Or you can imagine what I'm saying. So the point is that the basis of all of this is more than just what's... It's, it's based on the gospel. We believe the gospel. This is the story that we believe changes our lives, that changed our lives, and that changes our lives. And we believe this is the hope. Um, this is hope for the world. So um, just lean in with us this morning as we share around 10 things that I really believe will build up the story. There are 10 real simple points that I just hope will stay with you. So why the fuss about, about the cross? Number one, I want to say, because it is God's original intention. You know, this is what God has always wanted to do. The cross is a story of what was always on God's heart. That, hey, when I make humanity, I'm going to perfect 
them in the sacrifice of my son Jesus from Colossians and chapter 2 and verse 10 the Bible says that you know we are complete in Christ it had always been God's intention that humanity was not going to be complete in Adam humanity was not going to be complete you know through any religious leader or you know but anything happening in the world humanity could only be complete in Christ okay this was always God's intention from the beginning the Bible says in Revelation 13 and verse 8 that the Lamb of God okay which is Christ was actually slain from the foundations of the world Revelation 13 and verse 8 okay it says that he was slain from the foundations of the world look at that last line there okay those whose names have not been written in the book of the Lamb of life of the Lamb slain from the foundations of the world and you, you're asking yourself no but I thought Jesus was slain 2,000 years ago but here in a spiritual transaction this was always God's intention God knew that I would only perfect people in Christ this is the fullness of God that was given up so first Peter 1 and verse 19 20 explains it it says that he was indeed foreordained you know from of old but in these last times he was manifested so every time we look at the cross we get excited about it because we're like this was God's original intention about our lives I know you've had failures maybe you've had mishaps maybe you've had things that didn't go the way you wanted but this morning can I remind you that if you can ever catch sight of the cross you can be reminded that this is God's original intention for my life it was God's plan that I would be perfected in Christ it was God's plan that he would give himself for me and in his sacrifice I will find life who says amen to that and second thing this morning we're moving real good okay second thing this morning is that the cross is heaven's resolution heaven's resolution this is exciting for me I'm pumped about this because the cross was not a human committee meeting that set it up and said hey how can we reach God and we were able to figure out a way to reach God no the cross from start to finish was heaven's resolution it was God's intention and it was heaven's resolution God said man cannot reach us we are the ones going to reach man and God began to draw a plan and say how will I give myself God designed a plan put his son upon the cross this was heaven's resolution it was not us reaching up to God it was God reaching down to us Matthew chapter 27 and verse 50 51 the Bible says that in that moment when Christ died and you know there was an earthquake and all of that and then the Bible says in verse 51 that the veil of the temple which represented access to God which represented entry into the most holy place where God dwells the Bible says in that moment the veil of the temple was torn in two if he said from the bottom to the top I will say maybe we are the ones that found our way up but glory to God it was torn in two from top to bottom the cross is heaven's resolution to reach us it was God's design it was God's plan it was God who set it out who laid it out and it was God who dropped an effective plan and said this is how I'm going to reach man the cross was heaven's resolution I'm so glad that it pleased God to say he would reach us. I'm so glad that it wasn't by our calculation. It's not by the efforts of religion. It's not by how hard we can try. It's not by all we can make happen. We had tried in ourselves. We had tried to keep the law. We found ourselves guilty. I said to you last week that the problem is if you make one wrong turn, then you've, made a, you've missed the whole way. We couldn't help ourselves to reach God. But this was God reaching us in Christ Jesus who is grateful for that this morning 
So number one, we said that the cross is what? God's what? And then secondly, we said what? The cross is heaven's resolution. Third thing I would say this morning about the cross is that it was a divine substitution. Hey, you've forgotten our deal. Come on, come on. It was a divine. We're going to 10, okay? So make it work. Make it work. This is a... It was a divine substitution. I love to think about this. You know, I love to think about, and I'm so grateful this morning, when the world looks at us and says, why the force about the cross? This is what we understand, that in that moment, Christ took our place. In that moment, we couldn't. We were helpless of ourselves. We couldn't do this. This is like that moment when you have a school child who has written an exam and failed. They tried to teach you, you still failed. They explained it to you, you failed. They took you for extra lesson, you failed. You failed. How many of that's your story? You failed. You had failed to the point that, you know, national bodies like jam. Every year, we send you Christmas card. Our faithful customer, get you had so failed and then in that moment as a school child imagine a jail pupil who had so failed and kept so failed and had so failed and then suddenly the school principal goes and doesn't just say pass him that would be one thing but the school principal goes and puts on the uniform and sits down and writes the exam in your name oh wow and this is what Christ did when we couldn't help ourselves. This was Christ when we couldn't pay the price. This was Christ when we were helpless of ourselves. Taking our place. In Romans chapter 5 from verse 6. I love this in CJB. It says, for while we were still helpless, at the right time, the Messiah died on behalf of ungodly people. Now it is a rare event when someone gives up his life, even for the sake of somebody righteous, although possibly for a truly good person, a truly good person, one might have the courage to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in that the Messiah died on our behalf while we were still sinners who is grateful for the love of jesus yeah christ took our place he died on our behalf the death that we deserved he took it we believe in divine substitution and so he didn't just do it as himself that's why he did it as a man so that it was in our name it was in our stead do you know that one of the big arguments all through when jesus was on earth was that the demons would look at him and say son of god leave us get away from us they were trying to insist on deity on that man walking on the earth and he would introduce himself as the son of man because something was happening he was writing this exam as us it was not just god coming to write the exam and pass it as god he was writing this exam in our place they'll say what do you have to do with us son of god Leave, go and be doing administration for the school. He said, no, I wear this uniform. <laughs> I chose to wear it on your behalf. Therefore, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So let's go again. We've said it's an original intention. You remember that? We said it is heaven's re um, resolution. We said what? It's a divine substitution. Number four, the cross is humanity's redemption. Now, 
about this, I really want to insist that, you know, when it comes to that word redemption, maybe you hear it a lot, redemption. What does it mean when we say we were redeemed? What does it mean when we, when, when we stand to say we've been redeemed? Redemption is a term that means to buy back. Okay, to buy back. We were lost. We were bound. We were, you know, under the authority of the devil. We were slaves to that life. And then Christ redeemed us. He bought us back. Okay? Now, I want to emphasize that a price was paid. At the cross, a price was paid. A price was satisfied. Jesus didn't just go and bully the devil and take us away. He actually paid the price that we owed. He actually gave his blood and made a purchase. He actually bought us. We were actually redeemed from that old life. We were redeemed from that deadness. We were redeemed from the authority of the devil. And it's important we remind ourselves that this thing we call salvation actually cost. We got it free but praise God, it actually cost. It cost him something. He paid a price. It wasn't just a, you know, one of those casual conversations and let's say Jesus actually paid a price by which we stand today to say that we have been redeemed it was sinless blood it was sinless blood it was sinless blood when next the world says why are you guys so crazy about the whole god why the fuss about the cross this is us this is our lives it was sinless blood that bought us Do you understand what i'm saying there was a price on our lives it was something huge that christ put out he didn't just negotiate us out of death are you hearing me he paid a price to buy us out of the authority and this is what we must never forget the fact that we got it free doesn't mean it was cheap the fact that we got it free doesn't mean we behave like people that there was not so, do you understand what i'm saying somebody gives you a gift that costs five thousand dollars and you know he wants to propose to you and then he goes to buy a ring five thousand dollars and gives it to you you got it free doesn't mean it is cheap do you understand what i'm saying this guy has taken cooperative loan borrowed from everybody to propose do you understand what i'm saying and then you say i wake up i got it free where is the ring i don't even know where i put what do you mean you don't know there is a price on do you understand what i'm saying a price on your life believer when I see Christians walking around like you know there is a price on your life you were bought are you hearing me this morning it was sinless blood it was the love of a savior that came and said I know you can't afford it I know you can't pay the price I know you're not deserving but I choose to buy you I buy you I put out my blood as a payment for your life and I'm so grateful first peter chapter 1 from verse 18 cjb says you should be aware look at somebody this morning and say you should be aware come on help me preach this morning say you should be aware Amen. that the ransom paid to free you no 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 it's me now keep quiet to free you from the worthless way they bought you out of a worthless way of life you're living your life worthlessly you are bought out of it a ransom was paid to free you from that worthless way of life which your fathers passed on to you. It was not perishable things like silver or gold. So what was it? On the contrary, it was the costly, bloody, sacrificial death of the Messiah as of a lamb without defect or spot. You were bought out of something. 
you were born out of a life of slavery out of a useless life subject to the things of this world subject to fear you wake up like fear is the authority over your life Christ paid a price to deliver you from it he paid a price he paid a price it was not just a negotiation he didn't just bully the devil hey Christ paid a price he said what does it cost I'll pay more than you could ever ask for I would give my costly bloody sacrificial death of the Messiah glory to God somebody why the force they bought me why the force Christ bought me why are you living your life with such a Christ bought me <laughs> in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 Paul starts right with Corinthians verse 20 amplified is that right with Corinthians you know when it's like screw is losing your head Paul says look you were bought with a price you were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his own so then honor and glorify God with your body. It's like screw is losing your head. You are not here. You are behaving, turning on your own behavior anyhow. You were bought with a price. You know what I'm saying? So honor God. Your body. I'm sorry, Christian Sha. It's not Sha. They bought you. Put price on you. Have you been? Have you, I, 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 I remember as a young kid, the first time I ever made a withdrawal that was quite huge. My parents sent me to the bank. I made the withdrawal because there was money on me. You know, in those days, I think 100,000. Yeah. You know, as you are living the way you are even crossing the road. Yeah. One time they increased my father's salary. We were really young then. They increased my father's salary. He went to the bank. He withdrew 10,000 and he forgot the car in the bank. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. He was that nervous. He forgot the car in the bank thinking who is following and he walked home. I don't know how that works. I'm sorry, Dad. But, you know. <laughs> but, but. But I remember holding this amount and it's like there's money on me. Hey, the people you greet, you are careful. Somebody's looking at you, looking at you. Do, do you understand? You don't, just, don't just greet anybody. You know what you avoid. You know who you can be around. Do you understand what I'm saying? When you understand that there's a price on your life, when you understand there's something costly, there's something precious on your life, and then you don't have anybody, you, do you understand what I'm saying, people? Like two people. All that explanation. I even added abusing my father for you to understand. You still... You still don't understand. They're worrying you. There's a price on your life. Therefore, honor and glorify God with your body. Honor and glorify God with your body. The cross is humanity's redemption. The world says, why the force? I was bought. They bought me. I was bought. The way I like to do my things, what do you mean? You are not the owner of yourself. You don't own, that's what they are telling you. You don't own yourself. They bought you. So you glorify the one that owns you. As for me, Sha, no, 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 no. All this thing. See, I'm the kind of person. I'm the kind of person. What do you mean you're the kind of person? Kind of person. Who is listening to your opinion? I said they bought you. You are lecturing the whole world about your, your hobbies, your likes, your. Uh, even common, common house help in this part of the world. Some of you that, you know, a house help has been unfortunate to be your house help. Some of you know what I'm saying. How a house help loses opinion, not to talk of a slave. A slave, even your children that are not yet born, are coming to join you. Do you understand what I'm saying? They're coming to join you. He said, you are bought. You don't have a life. The slave trade in those days in Nigeria, you know how they padlock people's mouths. So, because we don't even need to hear what you are saying. And here you are lecturing God. You know, Lord, if by this time tomorrow you don't, 
said I bought you. Let me tell you the truth about this whole God thing. I tell people, I'm glad that God is a good God. I'm grateful that he's a loving father. But even if he's not, he's first of all God. And because he loves you and he says, talk to me and all of that, does not mean, it does not cause, do you understand? What you're about to call everything. <laughs> Honor and glorify God. Nobody owns you. Behaving like you own your own life. So, 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 so. I said each of the points is, is 15 minutes. Are we doing good with time? <laughs> so number one, everybody shouted out the cross is what? Number two. Number three. Number four. Now number five, here we go. Love's manifestation. Cross is love's manifestation. We live in a broken world. We live in a world where everybody is looking to be loved, imagining love, thinking about love that was lost, thinking about where love might be. People are going on journeys, giving themselves, trying to earn love and not finding it. Heartbroken. There's so much pain. There's a lot of problems in the world. Trust is broken. Love is broken down. And sometimes we're asking ourselves, where's the love? Is there really love in the world? These days, people have become philosophers, you know, propounding philosophies. Some people now are competing with Aristotle the way they used to philosophize, you know. Love's gone. No more love. 2,000 years ago, 10,000 love died, you know. Everybody with their own philosophies about love. Marriage is broken. Poems broken. It doesn't exist anywhere. But I want to say this is why I have a fuss about the cross because every time I see a cross, every time I think about the cross, I remember love was made manifest. This is the ultimate picture of love that is ever about that is ever living that didn't lose its power this is love made manifest this is love poured out and this is love not that we loved God but that he loved us and gave his son to be the propitiation for our sins this is the greatest and ultimate manifestation of love ever I want to remind us people we live in a broken world but we cannot take our signals off a broken world we live in a messed up world but we cannot take our signals off the mess in the world we can't take our signals and our judgment of every broadcast message on WhatsApp, of everybody's status, of what's happening in government, of what's happening in the economy. We will take our signals and our vibe of what Christ manifested 2,000 years ago. Love exists. We are loved of God. Now then, we are the children of God. What manner of love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called the children of God. And indeed that is who we are that is who we are we are loved of God don't let a broken world lie to you love doesn't exist ah, if you know what Mustafa did to Mary yesterday if you know what Mukuli uh, love is in God people and he manifested it God wants you every time you look up and you think about that cross, every time you see that cross. I don't know what it means to you. You know, we live in a fashion generation. Whatever you've made the cross to be now, it's just a bling for fashion or it's just, you know, whatever you do with the cross. But I hope it would always be a reminder. This is love. And if I can run to that cross one more day, there is an absolute picture of love 
that is never fading, that never lost its power. There is not one thing that you can do that has made God love you less. And there is not one thing you can do that will make God love you more. Because in the cross, he loved you ultimately and absolutely in Christ Jesus. Amen, anybody. Crosses loves manifestation. John chapter 3 from verse 16. I read it in NT. This you see is how much God loved the world. Enough to give his only special son. So that everyone who believes in him should not be lost. But should share in the life of God's new age. After all, God didn't send the son into the world to condemn the world. But so that the world could be saved by him. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned anyone who doesn't believe is condemned already because they did not believe in the name of God's only special son I'm so glad and grateful this morning that the, that the love of Jesus the blood of Jesus still speaks speaks love Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 24 says that you have not come you know to the blood of Abel but you have come to the blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel we've come to is speaking blood and it speaks love I just want to encourage people this morning because maybe you've been through hardship maybe you've been through difficulty maybe there's pain that you deal with in life maybe there's brokenness that is in your world right now but I just want to encourage you this morning that the blood still speaks and one of the things I believe it speaks is that it speaks love it speaks love when nothing in the world looks like it and nothing in the world looks like it can line up to it or it can amount to it the blood of Jesus still speaks love. And if we would be people who draw our sense of life and of identity out of this, the blood still speaks better things than that of Abel. I believe it speaks hope. I believe it speaks deliverance. It speaks freedom. I believe because of the blood of Jesus, it's a story that is still being told. And I believe it speaks a fresh vision over your life. I believe it speaks a freshness of vision and of What's to come over your life speaks. This is God's love's manifestation. All right. I'm getting to the better ones, okay? Have you been blessed so far this morning? Hey, so we said it's God's original intention. We said it is what? Come on, talk to me. The third thing we said? The fourth? Fifth? All right, who can guess number six? Attention. The cross is God's gracious provision. Hey, you guys are breaking my deal. Come on. You're not giving me the force I want. Come on. You're breaking my deal. Can't we have a deal? <laughs> it's God's gracious provision. Whoa, I'm so glad and grateful. That I can look to the cross and here is a statement of provision when I didn't deserve it. Have you been in moments before of your life where you just couldn't make ends meet? Where you know you were in need and you were helpless and you were just longing. Could somebody come through for me? Can something come through for me from anywhere and all of that? Listen, you have an ultimate statement of the gracious provision of God in the cross. Now I'll show you a verse, Romans 8 and verse 32. I love this. The Bible says that if God did not hold back his own son, but he freely gave him up for us, how will he not 
along with him freely give us all things i'm on romans 8 32 he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not how shall he not along with him also freely give us all things every time we look to the cross we have a statement that god is provider every time we look to the cross we have a statement that god is gracious provider not by own earning not by what we can and can i assure you this morning can i encourage people in church this morning maybe you're dealing with the little things i'm telling you god has provided the big one how will he not along with him how will he it doesn't make sense how did god dash you a car and you are worried about whether he will give you small change to buy for it you understand what i'm saying god is a providing father when we are helpless of ourselves every time we look to the cross it is a statement that God will meet the need, that God will come through, not by our own effort, not by our own earning, but it is a statement that God is gracious provider. Amen, anybody? Is this still helping you? Okay, let me get to one of the ones I love a lot. Um, well, I love all of them. That's why I put them there. Okay, number seven. Yeah, I got it, sorry. <laughs> I got it. Number seven, the cross. Why the fuss about the cross? Let's take a recount. Why the fuss about the cross, number one? Come on, I want you to shout it out loud, everybody. Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. Number six. Now, I love this. Number seven, the cross is hell's condemnation. Whoa! This was hell's condemnation. Or you can say damnation or frustration. But hell's condemnation. You know, this was the moment when every party in hell lost its essence. This was where the dominion of hell was ended. It had lived under the authority of the devil and of hell. This was where the devil got so defeated. Gentle Franklin would say that the devil is so defeated that he doesn't have the keys to his own house. <laughs> I mean, Jesus took the keys of hell again. Oh God, are you kidding me? Revelations chapter 1, let me show you verse 18. Revelations chapter 1 in Message Bible, Jesus says, I'm alive, I died, but I came to life, and my life is now forever. See these keys in my hand? They open and lock death's doors, they open and lock hell's gates. Glory to God! Devil is so defeated, so defeated. They say, Oh, yeah, lock your house. He said, I don't even have the key. Glory to God. The cross was hell's condemnation. It was in that moment Jesus went up a cross and said everything the devil had laid claim to, everything the devil had rejoiced over, had bluffed over for years, everything he took from Adam, everything humanity had lost by our sin, by our mistakes, by, you know, disobeying God, everything Jesus in that moment condemned hell, condemned the devil. I love Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13 in the Message Bible. It says, when you were stuck in your old sin dead life, it says, um, you were incapable of responding to God, God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think about it. All sins forgiven. It says the slate is wiped clean, the old arrest warrant cancelled and nailed to Christ's cross. Now look at verse 15. You know, Jesus was so cool that he didn't just, you know, rush out of hell and run away. That before they come, before they now come back and fight. No, 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 no. Did you ever watch wrestling? When one person thinks he has won, then he's over celebrating. Then somebody else without come and, you know, they start the fight again. Do you understand? That was not the time Jesus did. If I, one of the parts I love most about when Jesus was raised from dead was the Bible says he folded the grave clothes and put it there. 
<laughs> Two reasons. Number one, it was a borrowed tomb. You know when you are in your own house, you know, don't let's talk about what you do at home. But you know when you go to a house that is not your own, you help them fold it back and put it there. Jesus just went to the grave to do stuff. So, let's leave it folded in. Wow. And then number two, because you know when you have so won, it's not that they are trying to run before they come and catch you. No, no, no. I take my time. Did somebody talk again? I know. <laughs> the Bible says he stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross. Ah, and then he marched them naked. Through the streets. Wow. One translation says he led them on a victory parade. She's up down, up down, frog jump. Ah, can you see Satan doing frog jump? <laughs> Glory to God. The demons, all of them. Demon of uh, broken marriages. Oh yeah, frog jump. Up down. Lie down. Up. One leg. Demon of eh, pornography. It's part of it. In case you are saying no, you know there are some that these days is part of it. All of them. All of them. <laughs> Strip them of their sham authority. Match them make a the Strip them. Cross is hell's condemnation. I don't know what it means to one of the things the devil will try and do is to, you know, just make you undermine these things. You know, just think little of it. The cross is just a fashion piece. I like a gold or to just have a spark. Blink. It's not blink. <laughs> it's house condemnation. And every reminder of it to us should be a reminder of what Jesus has done in that moment. So I said the cross is hell's condemnation. I'll soon be done. I'm just going to 10. Number 8. Um, that's why 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 8 says that none of the rulers of this age knew it. That if they knew, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They will not. <laughs> they knew what was happening in that moment. Number 8. The cross is God's eternal justification. The cross is God's eternal justification. And I want to emphasize on each of those two words. The eternal word and justification. Eternal and justification. Eternal justification. You know, I don't know what comes to your mind when you think of eternity. You think of um, a long time. Um, but the point is, time is swallowed in the realities of eternity. The time, you don't count eternity. It's time loses count in eternity. So the extent to which time goes is just the beginning of eternity. So if we come and we say, let's count one, two. I was trying to teach my, my daughter how to play the keyboard yesterday. So I, I said, let's just start something basic before Victor comes take over. So I said, I said, one, two, three, four, five. Okay. So let's just do one, two, three, four, five. So I told her this finger is one. 
She said, no, this is one. I said, oh God, do what I'm telling you. This, this is why people don't pass in school. One, two, three, four, five. So I'm trying to tell her, just play one, two, three, four, five, five, four, three, two, one. Let's just do something basic. She starts arguing with me that this is, I say, okay, use your one to press it. One, two, three, four, five. And then five, four, three, two. So she starts one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Told my wife, I'm not doing when Victor is ready, he'll come back. <laughs> come back. I don't have that kind of time and patience, you know. Imagine how far you can count. Because what shark size that maybe she can count one to twenty something, I don't know what is exciting for her. So imagine we say, Let's count years. So we end the year and we count one. Then we live another year, we count two. Then we count one million. That would be some. But eternity has just started. No, but let's 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 do it this way. Let's say that we say, I know that the um, lagoon in Lagos. Why is it in Lagos? They don't have water in Dubai. Let's help them transfer the lagoon to Dubai. So we take, we give five people teaspoon, and we say, go to the lagoon. So everybody scoops one teaspoon. Then we take them to the airport. We enter third mainland bridge traffic. We get to the airport. We fly them to Dubai. Drop it. They all drop it. Come back. They fly to Lagos. They scoop one, one teaspoon. Then they all get back to Dubai. They drop it. One time as they were flying, the flight connected. They went to a wrong place. And we couldn't find them for like three years. Then we shall have found them. Oh yeah, back to lagoon. They scoop down when they came. They go to Dubai. They drop it. They go back to the airport. They fly back. They scoop this when you're fed up. Tell me, they get to where are they now? <laughs> so they drop it in Dubai. They when they empty the lagoon with teaspoon and move it to Dubai, eternity has just started. Eternity has just started. So I'm just trying to say that eternity is a long time, it's timelessness. So God needs eternal justification justification because you know there are things you can do and just cover up the way they do in government office just cover it up but a new government will come and or, do you understand what I'm saying so God needs justification for eternity because if God says hey son come to heaven and I'm standing in heaven and one day 20 billion years down the line an angel stands up and says God how is this guy that was a sinner in heaven God needs a justification in 100 billion years time, God will still need a justification for allowing me to be in heaven. And you know what God is going to do? Tomorrow, 10 years time, 100 billion years time, God will point to a cross and say, that is my eternal justification to allow you into heaven. For all eternity, the angel will stand up and say, God, how are you righteous? And this guy is in heaven. Oh, I'm so glad I believe in the imminent return of Jesus. I'm going to heaven. Yes, I was telling some folks the other day that, you know, angel has been holding trumpet for a long time, 2,000 years. One day we sound it. If people just say, ah, is this evil working? Let's test it. Bam! I'm going. I'm going. Before I say, I was testing. Do you understand? I'm going. One day, I will go to heaven. I will be with God. They will say, how are you here? I'm here because I put my faith in what Jesus did on the cross. And it will be my eternal. But on the flip side, they would say, God, 
how are you justified in sending creatures you created to hell not just tomorrow not just 10 years time for all eternity people have asked me all the time ah you know how does a loving God send people he created to hell there's only one justification God has for it he will point to the cross he didn't send them to hell they chose to go there because they rejected the cross we were on our way to hell God put up a cross and said this is your way to heaven and God will forever be justified to see people he created go to hell because there's a cross to point to so the justification for all eternity lands us on either side it either lands us on the side of heaven or on the side of hell the ninth thing I would say this morning is that the cross is God's open invitation I'm so glad that I have a savior who didn't die with pointing fingers I'm so glad that I have a savior who died with open arms and every time we think about the cross I pray we would remember God's openness to us in Jesus every time we think about the cross I pray we would remember this is not a statement of the presence of God like Adam and Eve and we're running away and hiding from God I pray we would remember that this is a statement of inviting us of inviting us this is a statement that says it's an invitation you can come this is a statement that says I love you I know your worst but I still speak of your best I know your worst but I've paid a price for your very best the cross is God's open invitation it is not selective grace it is amazing grace that is the sound that saved wretches it is not selective finger pointing pick the best grace it is called amazing grace it opened the floodgates wide so that all can come in the cross is a statement of God's open invitation in every generation in every race in every tribe of all people of all languages there is a forever state that is God's open invitation the language of the cross is whosoever will it is if anyone it is whoever it is whosoever it is anyone it is not the best it is not the qualified it is not the good it is everybody anyone and God says once and for all my son went up a cross he stretched himself out wide and this is an open invitation to everybody forever people walked into this service again you hear it again the message of the cross and people walk out on it listen one day people will go to hell not because they weren't invited to life but because they rejected an open invitation the cross is God's open invitation to the worst of us to the chief of sinners to the messed up lives to the struggling to the hurting the cross is God's open invitation that says you can have life he says I said before you life and death and he says choose life I actually empower you to choose life the cross is God's open invitation to say you can live the life you were created to live do you believe you can be the man God wants you to be do you believe you can be the woman God wants you to be do you believe you can live the life you are called to live do you believe you don't have to live your life in the circles and in the cycles do you believe that there is an open invitation of God that says come into life there's an open invitation of God that says you don't have to go the pathway of condemnation and of guilt and of sin and of pain there is an open invitation of God that says you can live the life that is truly life you can live without that emptiness on the inside there is a God invitation that is beckoning that is calling every 
time you think about the cross and what it did on that cross 2,000 years ago, God has made a forever open invitation to all humanity, everyone, whosoever will. It's not about background. It's not about qualification. It's not about who you know. It's not about how good you've been. It's not about how bad you've been. It's about the fact that you can say, I am whoever, whoever, if anyone, whosoever will. Salvation is given in that name for all people. It's not Jews. It's not Gentiles. It's not young. It's not old. It's not male. It's not female. It's whosoever will. The cross is God's open invitation. The cross is God's open invitation. When next you wake up on one of those days that you just feel like life is far away from you, you just feel messed up, I want you to remember that picture of the cross and I want you to remember this is an open invitation to life. This is an open invitation to the best of my days. This is an open invitation to partnership with God. This is an open invitation to do life with God. This is an open invitation to experience the power of God today. This is an open invitation to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. This is an open invitation to enjoy the wisdom of God today. This is an open invitation to enjoy life that is real life. He said life, life and more life. I am come that you would have life and have it more abundantly. This is an open invitation with my name on it designed for me. God is inviting me to life. Every time I think about the cross I refuse one more day to live in pain and in frustration and in sickness and in helplessness I refuse one more day to live in depression, to live in, the, in, in anguish, to live in brokenness. I refuse one more day to allow the realities of people and the vibes that the world gives me to be more real than the invitation that God calls me to. God invites me to life. I'm saying this to people who are locked up in struggles. I want you to know there is an open invitation at the cross and it's an invitation to life. It's not an invitation pointing fingers. It's an open invitation to life. Christ didn't die and they wrote on top of him some names that can't come near. They didn't say the worst. They didn't say, you know, Christ was pleased to die and allow Barabbas to go free. Have you asked yourself before, who is Barabbas? Who is Barabbas? Who is that guilty guy that went free? When the innocent guy became guilty, who is Barabbas? Do you know the meaning of Barabbas? Barabbas simply means Barabbas. Barabbas. Abba means father. Bar means son. Barabbas is simply son of a father. Barabbas is you. It's me. It's any of us. Anybody, son of a father, can go free. Because the one who was free became guilty. The cross is God's open invitation. Team, come. Let me close out this morning. Then we'll just sing a powerful song about the cross of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Anybody grateful for life? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Who's going to watch Liverpool Cardiff today? Who's going to be praying? Awesome. Great. Stay in prayers. If you're fasting, it's a good thing to pray about. It's not like I'm afraid, but have to cross all the T's. Please start Fabeno. I'm going to start Milner and Hendo. Start Van Dyke must not get injured now. No. Injuries would be a good thing to come on Man City, don't you think? 
Yeah. I cannot be praying that God should injure somebody's father, but God knows what to do. Amen. Referee decisions. You know those kind of things that you'll be angry, angry, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so number one, the cross is God's original intention. Number two, come on, I want us to shout it out. This is the last time we're going over it, alright? Number one, Number two, three, four, number five, number six, number seven, whoa, shout that one louder, number seven, number eight, number nine, now number ten, the cross is our passionate mission. The cross is our passionate mission. The world is asking, why the fuss about the cross? Why are you just all over this cross thing? And I want to say, yes, we are. Because it becomes a mission for us. This gospel that we have believed becomes a mission for us. This gospel that we have believed doesn't just affect the life that we live. It starts to influence the expression that comes out of our life. It's a passionate expression that we take up. It's a passionate mission that we take up. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Paul says, for I am not a ashamed of this good news about Christ it is God's powerful method of bringing all who believe it to heaven this message was preached first to the Jews alone but now everyone is invited how, how many of you believe we can join with God to say everyone is invited this is our passionate mission this is the life we take up this cross is more than art, more to us than just something we believed in it becomes a mission that we live for it becomes a birth upon our lives it says everyone is invited to come to God in this same way second Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 17 I'll show you in ERV it says when anyone is in Christ it is a whole new world the old things are gone suddenly everything is new now verse 18 all this is from God through Christ God made peace between himself and us and he gave us the work of bringing people into peace with him he gave us the work of bringing people into peace with him I mean that God was in Christ making peace between himself and the world in Christ God did not hold people guilty for their sins so we don't hold people guilty for their sins he gave us this message of peace to tell people church can i encourage you this morning can i encourage you this easter season as we lean over the realities of the cross and all that it is to us as we are grateful for our redemption and we are grateful to say we are saved and that we are justified and all that christ is to us as we are grateful to have responded to god's invitation can i encourage you this morning that we take up a passionate mission like never before saying that we are making peace between we God and people we are telling people the good news of peace we are doing all we can with 
every breath we are living our lives in such a way that we are reconciling people back with God the cross for us is a passionate mission that we take our lives up we choose to live our lives partnering with God we are a part of something because we are saved by his grace we are a part of the message of his grace we are part of the working of his grace our lives to us are more than just our ambitions and what we live for and what we feel like our lives to us take up a fresh vision that comes as a mission that God puts upon our lives the cross for us is a passionate mission it's what we breathe for this is why Paul says woe to me if I do not preach the gospel listen to me you might not hold a microphone you might not host a crusade you may not do all of that but you can be a part of a process that is reconciling people to God you can be a part of a working of God that is reconciling people to God this is what our lives are made for we are called to a God purpose we are called to the building of God's kingdom we are called to be a part of all that God is doing in the earth it is a passionate mission for us it is not a side thing to our lives it is not peripheral to the main things this is our life this is where we found life this is where we found hope this is the substance we stand on and so we make this the anchor of our lives that it becomes a passionate mission that we're a part of a God process in the earth today I don't want to be one of those believers who the cross is just something that happens in my bedroom the cross is just something I wake up to in the privacy of my house the cross for me is a passionate mission it is everywhere I go it is every breathing moment it is every thought that I think it is the burden of God upon my life I'm constantly asking myself God how can I be a part of the message of the cross how can I be a part this thing gave me me life this thing gave me hope this thing changed my life this thing gave me a newness this thing changed who I am this thing is all that I stand on how can I be a part of reconciling men to God that God has paid the price God was in Christ making peace between the world and himself do you know how many people just feel there's no peace between me and God I'm far away from God it's not possible a relationship with God cannot work it can't work I'm just far away and the Bible says God was in Christ Christ was on the cross he stretched out his hands and in John chapter 19 as he was giving up breathing out his last Jesus said it is finished I'm so glad that he didn't say I I'm finished he said it is finished he didn't say I'm finished they finished me they have killed me all he said it is finished this is what I was doing I was making peace between God and people and Jesus said it is finished in that moment every price was paid the sacrifice was given all that needed to be poured out was poured out and Jesus said it is finished it is finished I'm so glad that I can stand today with a mission that Christ has already paid the price for I can stand in it today Jesus said it is finished it is finished every price paid the debt cancelled everything I owed wiped away Jesus said it is finished I celebrate this morning not at the grave of a savior that loved me so much but had to lose his life for it but I celebrate this morning I celebrate this morning I celebrate this morning can I say this to you in closing you know the first Adam loved his wife so much Eve the first Adam loved his wife so much that he saw her falling and he chose 
to die with her for Paul writes to Timothy and he says because Adam was not deceived Adam knew what he was doing Eve was deceived and Eve ate of that fruit and so Adam loved her so much that he chose to die with her but the second Adam which is Christ loved us so much that he chose to die for us who's grateful that we have a risen savior who's grateful that he's alive that we can celebrate the cross that we can celebrate his life come on would you lift your voice this morning would you give him praise this morning hallelujah hallelujah come on clap your hands people give him praise hallelujah I'm grateful Jesus and I respond again this morning thank you Jesus thank you Jesus what does it mean to you to come here this morning is it one of those stories kind of heard I've heard you know when somebody says a lot to you and you say I've heard <laughs> like somebody comes to you with a proposal and he tells you, you know, I've been thinking about you and blah 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 and then he tells you how much you mean to him and he goes down on one knee and he opens up a ring and he says will you marry me and you say I've heard I know you've heard but if you really heard connect the wire in your head do you understand what I'm saying and give me a response you really heard I know many people who tell me I've heard the gospel I've heard the gospel I know it I know the gospel now Shabit Jesus died have it what's the force about the cross I'm at a loss what's the force about the cross what is this you are just saying to us what's the force about the cross but this morning I'm asking if you really heard about how much you were loved if you really heard about how Jesus took your place if you really heard about the love of a savior about divine substitution if you've really heard about his open invitation what will be your response on a Sunday morning what will be your response what will be your response will it be one of those wake walking in days again same old same old or would you find a response this morning that says Jesus I am grateful I yield myself to you you bought me I belong to you Jesus come on will we lift our hands in this house this morning as high as you can can we begin to worship can we begin to thank him can we begin to love him thank you Jesus we love you Jesus come on let's sing it out this morning Just to know, just to know, know you love. Come on, somebody. My heart.
sing it one more time, all my wealth. And all my wealth is in the cross. Jesus, this morning we stand honoring you. We're grateful people. Sometimes we're just a spoiled bunch. Sometimes we're just <laughs> ingrates. You know, it's who we are sometimes, Jesus. But this morning we come with a moment of gratitude and of honor. Our wealth is not in what we have or who we know. And if there's anything about our lives, we found life at your cross. Thank you. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, you know, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my son, and now I am happy, whole again. You got to know? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. You all don't know it. It was there by faith. I received my sign, and now I am happy, whole again. I love it. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, the burdens of my heart rolled away. And now I am happy. We don't play drums to him. Sing it again. At the cross, at the cross, at the cross, where I first and the burdens rolled away. It was there. Received my sight, and now I am happy again. Somebody wants to make that your testimony this morning. I don't know who came to church. I want to make an invitation. The cross is God's open invitation. I don't know who you are or how you came about being here this morning. It's great news this Easter morning that Jesus rose. But today that can also be your testimony that you rise out of deadness, you rise out of sin, you rise out of that old life, you rise out of those cycles, that frustration, and you come to Jesus. I'm making a call this morning for people who say I've never been born again. Or if at some point in your life you've made a decision, but you know it as we speak, that you've walked away from Jesus, and you want today to be that day that will change everything. That day when you give yourself to the Lordship of Jesus, your sins forgiven, and a whole new start a whole new life Jesus said I know the best I know the thoughts that I think towards you maybe you're standing there and you're wondering how can it work it can't work I'm not the kind of person it's not your kind of person he's that kind of savior that can reach the worst that can reach the unlikely and can give you a whole new start I'm going to count to three this morning if you say you're speaking to me I want today to be the beginning of the rest of my life I'm going to count to three I'm going to ask you to raise up your hand high and unashamed it's a new day it's a 
new day. He's giving you an invitation this morning. And don't harden your heart on him. Are you ready? You're speaking to me. One, two, three. Shoot it up high and unashamed wherever you are. God bless you. Raise it up high and unashamed if you want to do that this morning. It's a new day. It's a new opportunity wherever you are from the front to the back, all across this room. Let him see you. Let him know you. If you're raising it up, keep it up a moment. I want to see the hand. God bless you. God bless you. It's a new day. It's a new moment. We're responding to his open invitation this morning. God bless you if you're doing that. God bless you if you're doing that. Let him see you. Let him know you. You're putting your faith in his cross this morning. God bless you. Hold it up long enough. I want a team member to give you a slip before you put it down. God bless you. God bless you. It's a new day. It's a new day. This is a story of life. This is where we all found it. Thank you, Jesus. If you raised up your hand, put it down. Let's open our eyes together. Let's give God the praise this morning. Let's thank God for everybody. Hallelujah. Now, if you raised up your hand, my hope is that a team member would have seen you and would have given you a slip to fill. Please fill it out. We want to see how we can help you walk with God. But if you raised up your hand, nobody walked up to you or you're battling with that decision and all of that, please, after the service, stop at the Ask Me desk. Tell somebody, I made a decision for Jesus and I would like to register. We just want to see how we can help you in your relationship with God this morning. This is a family, not a crowd. We're going to say these words together with faith in your heart. We believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouths unto salvation. Would you all say with me this morning, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I come to you today to because you've made a way for me to come through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of your son Jesus. I believe with all my heart that Jesus is the son of God and he's the savior of the world. Say today I give myself to follow you. Say forgive me of the past and give me a whole new start. I will stand for you. I will live for you. Say fill me with your grace. Fill me with your spirit and I will never be the same. I will say one day I'll be with you in heaven. In Jesus' name. Everybody full of faith said amen and gave God the praise this morning. Amen.